0: Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarnow, joined as always by my co-host, John. How are we doing? Hey, Adam.
1: Great guest today. We have Jeff Ward, who is our Senior Director of External Focus, and uh, we're talking about meetings today. So, Jeff, before we jump into the topic, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, tell how you ended up on staff Awesome. Thanks,
2: guys. It's a real pleasure to be here. I've been a big fan of the uh, podcast, so my first time. So I grew up in in the Oklahoma area and um, went to college up there, then law school, made my way to Texas and uh, did did the big firm deal downtown for a number of years and then split off with some partners and started our own firm. Uh, Worked there for another six or seven years and then made the jump into full-time vocational ministry here at Watermark.
1: And Crazy to say this, but it f- it's been almost 10 years. You know, Jeff, the reason we asked you to, um, to be on today was because I-, I think if anybody I know on staff who actually talks about meetings and is actually a student of meeting and meetings and is trying to get better at this topic, it's you. Uh, you know, in the hallway, we'll-, we'll get into conversations about what are you doing in your meetings or how can you make them more productive? And I was like, Jeff's-, Jeff's like one of the only guys I know talking about this. Okay, so let's get into it. Jeff, what is one question every leader should ask before a meeting?
2: You know, I think that's a great question. I think we need to ask, do we even need a meeting? You know, I mean, there's there's sometimes we just need to disseminate information and that can best be done through an email to the team or to the folks that need the information. Uh, sometimes it's a decision-making situation and so we do need to get the right people in the room and the people with who are empowered to make decisions or... Or we might be talking about the implications for a decision, and so we need to invite execution people in there. Or maybe it's just a brainstorming session. We have had a half-baked idea about a new initiative, and so we want to poke holes and build a straw man or
1: figure out a better alternative. That's good. So that's which is which is such a funny place to start uh, discussion on meetings. Do you even have to have this meeting? And there is something about the default mechanism in all of us that we just we'll just have a meeting, right? If I don't know what to do with it in this moment, let's just have a meeting. And I think that's a really, really important point. We might not even need to have a meeting. And the, the other one, you know, a subset of that, Jeff, is do we need to keep having this meeting? A lot of times I see standing meetings and uh, and you know, I'll poke around and go, Why why are you even having this meeting? Well, because we've we had it last year, this was part of our rhythm, and uh, a great exercise coming out of this podcast for some people would just be to put some meetings down and see what would happen if I never had that meeting ever again.
0: You'd probably be surprised how our organizations don't come to a grinding halt <laughs> if we kill yeah.
1: some meetings. So, Jeff, you were talking about just
0: how many nonprofits are even in the city, uh, DFW area where we are, and how many phone calls you get, how many requests you get for meetings, and so. Let me just ask you this. Do you
2: do you say yes to every meeting request? Well, I wouldn't even be able to come to this podcast if I was ta- taking all yeah. those meetings. But yeah, we have conservatively twenty to 25,000 nonprofits here in Dallas. And so we get a lot of calls from really terrific organizations and people who are doing great things across the city who want to, sometimes it's, they want to tell us just information about what they're doing. So we're in the know. Other times it's, they they want some funds, right? Or they want participation. And so- um, many many of those we will um, we'll simply respond back with sort of an email template and go hey thank you so much for reaching out and usually then I ask them for kind of the purposes for why they're asking for the meeting or what is their connection you know to Watermark and so man if it's a Watermark person man sometimes we'll just say hey could we jump on the phone and maybe you know talk for ten or fifteen minutes and learn more about the great work that you're doing
0: all right Jeff so how do you make sure the right people are
2: invited to meetings well you know... So the agenda really drives who should be there. And so uh, not unlike you guys and probably the listeners here on the podcast who are on teams, they have different functions and different roles on the team. And so, man, if a re- sometimes a request just comes into the switchboard and it gets routed to me for a meeting. But, man, if it involves an international issue, an international partner, short-term teams, man, I want to pull Oscar Castillo in on our team. Who That's his primary responsibility. If it, if it deals with mobilizing our body or connecting people to service opportunities, man, I want that to be Benson Hines on our team. That's his primary responsibility. So many times I'm not the right person to be at the meeting or I
1: need to pull other people in with me there. Yeah, so it's not only just roles, but also just aptitudes. And so, you know, uh, Adam gets pulled into a lot of things that have to deal with like communication. How are we going to communicate this? Or uh, we're working on a talk or some messaging, and that's just you know one of his superpowers. And so, it's just known if you're going to have a meeting about that, you want uh, you know you want Adam. Uh, if you're doing some more strategic things, you know Jeff, uh, people are going to want you uh, in the room. So both the people who have a stake. Um, people who can make decisions, and then people who also have aptitudes for the type of things that you're going to talk about, I think are really, uh, really important. So Jeff, let's talk about just formatting meetings. Um, what's in your head on that? What are some tips uh, for formatting meetings? Sure, man. And, and a lot of this is
2: uh, learning from mistakes, right? And so over the last, you know, 10 years, meetings here in the ministry world have been very different than uh, in the in my past life, you know, and so figuring out you're breaking out of this sort of this one size fits all mentality. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back to that. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah, sure. I think uh, in the legal world, it, you know, with my partners at, at our small law firm, a meeting would be held over lunch, and we'd make a decision that, and we'd come back and and let the firm know, and and we were back at work. Right, and um, I think in a church environment, you you bring in stakeholders, you build consensus, you let other people speak into that, and a lot of times you figure out what the right next step you believe is, and then you move forward. And so it just takes longer and you figure out you know, uh, how to navigate that.
1: It's just different. Okay. That's good. What, what, what else, when you think about um, kind of formatting meetings, um, what are some best practices there?
2: Yeah. Somebody told me long ago that meetings will fill the space that's allocated for them. And so I think uh, it's easy to default to whatever the Microsoft Outlook you know, meeting default time is if that's an hour or thirty minutes or whatever that is. Instead of really thinking about, hey, is this a meeting that could be done in a, a five minute block? Is this a is this a quick uh, stand up meeting with your team to figure out daily priorities, or is it a thirty minute meeting to talk about uh, a, a partic- one particular issue? Is it an hour long sort of uh, tactical meeting for that week to figure out priorities as a team or to make decisions? And so that's the kind of thought process I think that we all need to go through and. I can get better at.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, the three of us are in a meeting every week on Thursday mornings. We're you know, and uh, and I think we see the guy who leads that meeting. He'll do this sometimes. There's an agenda item that pops up, or somebody brings up uh, a topic to top to talk about, and it's just like record scratch. Shut it down. Where he steps in and goes, "No, no, 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 we're not talking about this right now." And it seems a little jarring in the moment because we get so used to our habits of meetings. You just go through, you talk about the agenda items. And for whatever reason, it's like, hey, either this is off-topic, or this one's going to take too long, or we're nearing the time where we all need to leave, and it's it's a little jarring in the moment, but it is it, it's really helpful to keep the meeting moving in the right
2: direction. And I think it's okay to I think it's okay to say, hey, um, we don't have the time today to really tease that out, or that's a philosophical conversation, and so let's have another meeting just about that. Yeah, you know, where we can focus on that and do a little pre work and really come
1: in with our best. You know thoughts. So Jeff, let's talk. Let's back up just a minute before even the meeting happens. Um, to lead a good meeting, what needs to happen before uh, the actual meeting? I Man, I really feel like the effectiveness, at least of my meetings,
2: is is in direct proportion to the preparation and time I think about them beforehand. And so, um, if you guys are like me, I know you are, and you got a busy calendar, and you and you, you pop you pop open your laptop on a Monday morning, and you're looking at your week. Uh, what I have found to be helpful for me is to even color code meetings and go, hey, the meetings that are in yellow, I know they're going to take some prep time. And so I'll, I'll build in some time before those meetings to read what I need to read or to ask the questions I need to ask. Or, man, if they're marked blue, those are the ones where I think I just need to show up, you know, standing meetings or, or just staff meetings and things along those lines. Um, and red means I'm leading. And so, if, if they're red, that means I've man, I've got a that's a tickler for me to know that I've sent out the agenda, a one pager or a or pre work that I want folks to read.
1: And so, it's a quick way for me to just again stay on top of the meeting schedule. That's really good. Yeah, I, I do think, I think there's something about letting people know what's coming. And uh, it's really interesting on some of the teams that we're all on together here that some people process in real time incredibly well. Some people just need some, uh, both ramp up time and then also some time after the fact. And uh, and everybody's okay with that, uh, but you have to add value uh, either you know before, during, or after. Whatever kind of your Natural aptitude gifting uh, superpower is. And so, uh, you know, we can go around the room at some of the meetings that we're in and go, that that guy, uh, what happens is uh, he doesn't say a lot in the meeting, but after the fact, you know, we kind of our rule is within 24 hours, you chime in on those things. If you need some time to think about it, great. Uh, You don't, you're not, you know, an on your feet guy the way someone else is, but you still have to add value. And so uh, same thing on the front end. Uh, I think a lot of people, you'll get much better ideas, much more productive uh, conversations if you give them um, some time to kind of ruminate on some of those things before.
0: So Jeff, if you send out some pre-meeting work, if it's, hey, read this over uh, before we get together, do you, uh, do you audit that? Do you double check that when when people get in the room? Is there a just assumption that they read it? Do you quiz them? How, how, do, you, how do you make sure they're actually looking at that to make that as productive as possible?
2: Yeah, usually you can tell pretty quickly, like who's, who's kind of done, done the work and, and read up on the information and they'll have some context and they'll ask thoughtful questions. and uh, And then of course, you know, some guys are skimming. Right. While we're talking. That so do you have too. those
0: development conversations with people on yeah. your team if, if they're <laughs> consistently or are most of the people coming in prepared?
2: Yeah. You know, most people, you know, it, as a leader, right, you set culture. And so um, I think if there's a culture and an expectation of, hey, I need to come in and do my work, you know, in advance or or I'm going to it's going to be clear to everyone that I'm not prepared then uh, yeah, I think that's something that you want to talk to your team about. And I think that's true even as you just talk about, man, do you start the meetings on time and end them on time? I mean, punctuality sends messages to your team like, hey, I value your time. And if you're not here and, and you come in five minutes late, you'll have missed out. And we're not going to backtrack necessarily. Yeah, you know, And so I think people you know, flex depending on how you as a leader send those messages. So how them. do you, I'm interested to hear this. Have you noticed that there is a time of day
0: that is better for different types of meetings. So are brainstorming meetings better in the morning and uh, decision-making meetings better in the afternoon and some are better over breakfast? So what is what some of your experience there?
2: That's a great question. I think, of course, everybody's rhythm is different. Everybody likes has different preferences. I'm an early morning guy. And so, man, uh, if, if if you want me so, somewhat fresh and you need some some of my best thinking, it's going to be morning, right? Afternoons, I'm a little sluggish, you know, after... After lunch, and I, I know that's true. Uh, one of the guys, you know, that I reported up to, you know, afternoon meetings were just uh, hard for him, and I just I recognized too that uh, I just got better feedback and input in the mornings with, with him. Yeah, which is all good things for us to think about as
0: leaders when it comes to this pre work of hey, what am I trying to accomplish at what time of day am I trying to accomplish
2: it? Yeah, here is the other thing too. I'd say is, uh, um, you know, nobody likes to be surprised in a meeting when a topic is addressed that, that has implications for your particular area or your team. And so even as I think about pre-meetings, I think about who do I need to talk to before the meeting, right? Who's going to be surprised by an idea, an initiative, uh, you know, or who's going to be thinking about how does this implicate my team and they hadn't really thought that through or think that you're helping them think that through. And so um, that has been, that has really paid
1: off in spades in some sense and just kind of circling up with people before a meeting. It's really good. Well, I tell you what, let's go to just some practical nuts and bolts. Um, I'm listening to this podcast and I, I'm going to walk into a meeting uh, tomorrow. How, how can I do that more effectively, either as a participant or as a leader? So let's just share some best practices and um, yeah, just some of those nuts and bolts, Jeff. Great. I, I think
2: manage the clock. You know, means that you're, you as the facilitator and leader of the meeting are setting, managing the agenda and also the discussion. And so, man, uh, you know, just making sure that you're being driven by the agenda, that you're getting to the topics you need to get to, that you're parking unrelated but important ideas and, you know, in the parking lot and saying, hey, we'll circle back with those, or hey, we'll have a subsequent meeting to just address that issue. That's important enough. So manage the clock would be my first one.
0: What about uh, everybody's walking into meetings now with uh, iPhones, laptops, iPads? Um, what, wh- how is technology impacting meetings for you, and what do you do to manage that?
2: And that's great. I mean, we live in a day and age where we're kind of, uh, you know, ruled by our technology. We stay connected. And and for many of us, we need to be accessible. But for our team, what we found was, man, even just the presence of technology caused us to be more shallow. I think that's even in some of the literature that's out there, that even just having your cell phone on the table um, leads to an expectation that you're going to be interrupted. And so you tend to have short bursts. You tend to have, you know, quick... uh, conversations instead of going deep. And so as a team, we sort of leave our technology, we bring it in, but man, we just leave it alone unless you're the person kind of designated to take notes or action items coming out of the meeting. Okay. I think that's
0: going to be shocking. I want you to repeat that. So at your meetings, is it what you're saying is no laptops,
2: no phones, no iPads, We have them. We just don't. I mean, someone there like with
1: a scroll, like what (laughs) happens here?
2: (laughs) Yeah, we don't have the bucket where we drop the technology. But what we do is, I mean, look, we're we're all adults. And so we we have our phones with us. But man, unless it's my wife calling, you know, or in fact, there's actually a two ring sort of formula that she uses. Like, you know, if she she really, really needs me, she'll call me twice. And she knows that I'm not going to pick up if I'm in the middle of, of a conversation or a meeting.
0: That's fascinating. I try to think, I mean, because we've all been there and done that where people, I feel like uh, two things are contagious now. If somebody yawns, it's contagious. And then if somebody looks at their phone, yeah. it's contagious. So if I see John pick up his phone, then I'm like, I wonder what mine's doing, you know, and I don't want mine to feel lonely. And so, I mean, it just, and then I've, I've been there and I, I don't think I'm alone where my, I've been looking at something. It's like, oh, this is talking about somebody else. I'm looking at my phone and then I get asked the question, Adam, what are your thoughts? And I'm like, uh, you mean about the Rangers that I just read about or what and, it, and it's you know you leave you're present in the room but you're not paying attention Right, and you have to manage that is I guess what what I'm hearing you say you need to set that expectation that culture in your meetings that hey we don't do that
1: right. and, and I would just engaged. be super clear like that's not a I'm gonna send you kind of you know um, a nonverbal look when you grab your laptop like it all those ground rules need to be crystal clear so that everybody knows uh, so if you break them uh, they're made better be a really, really good reason uh, because otherwise people will gravitate towards um, their technology. And so I think that's really, really good. I think there's so much time uh, that's lost. I think meetings could be a lot shorter if we were just focused, if all the screens were shut and we just gave ourselves one, two, three, four to whatever it was that we needed to uh, focus on, then we could go bolt and do other things. And if you've got some
0: really task-oriented people you know, they're starting – most meetings, you end up with some to-dos, and some of them are, like, starting to crank on them right away. And so, yeah, you got to continue uh, to manage that.
2: That's great. So, I mean, even just practically how that works, too, is if, if we're talking about dates, you know, we'll have uh, usually our administrative support person in there who's got the master calendar, and she'll open up the, the laptop to address that issue and then close it back up. And so it just keeps us active participating, just as you said, you know, Adam, you know, not just present, but participating. Yeah. And then also, as we know, I mean, there is so much to communication that's nonverbal. And so, man, as you're reading faces and, you know, eye rolls sometimes in our meetings, you know, or things along those lines that you can circle back and follow up on. And man, if your head is buried in your in your technology, you're going to
1: miss it. That's yeah. good. Well, let's talk about just some other, do you guys have any other tips, um, you know, if you kind of best practices for... Leading meetings. Yeah, I, I I mean, I was
0: uh, influenced by a a book, Jeff, that I know you and I have talked about before, Patrick Lencioni's "Death by Meeting," and just the parallel he made to how we will pay attention to a TV show or a movie, but yet when we get in our meetings we're bored and how backwards that is because TV shows and movies are not about our life and meetings are about our life. And and he just talked about that tension and that felt need. And so I know when I'm in meetings, I'm just trying to make sure that the agenda is set with things that keep people engaged and that we're not talking about things that are engaged to everybody who's in there, which goes back to that pre-meeting stuff that you were talking about. What is the purpose for this? Who's in the room? Making sure the right people are in the room. And if somebody's getting bored during a meeting, I feel that that's my responsibility. That's, that's, mm-hmm. my, that's my fault. That's not their fault. That's my fault. That means I've got stuff on the agenda that's not relevant to everybody. That's good.
1: You know, another one um, kind of along those same lines is um, helping people understand why this even matters. Yeah. And there was a meeting that's on my calendar uh, every week, and I was just noticing we were just kind of pushing through agenda items and people, you know, moderate forms of engagement. And so what we started was, hey, tell us a story this week. About you know this was and relating relating to helping other churches. Tell us a fun story. Uh, you know who you've been on the phone with, or what what when did another church have, and it really kind of brought the energy levels up. Okay, so now we're going to make some decisions that are going to impact that. Let's go. And uh, so just helping people understand the why. Um, Behind what it is uh, that they're doing, so now they're you know kind of standing on the balls of their feet, and they're really, uh, really, really are engaged. So uh, another one, I, you know, if you've got time, I think just the personal side uh, of, of meetings can be really, really important. And, and Jeff, you do a really good job with this, but I think with the best meetings, if I, if I look back, um, you know, on the meetings that I enjoy going to or the ones that are on my calendar, I'm looking forward to something. Something's going to happen in that meeting. I've got a pretty good hunch that's going to add value to my own life. So it's not about the thing. It's not. About the decisions we're going to make, but I know because of who's there, um, kind of their life, their leadership, their um, the way they love uh, God or their family. Like my life is just going to be better because I'm in that meeting. And I think if you can create that culture where you're just dropping these little snippets in there, something that you're reading, something that you're doing, uh, people will be excited uh, to come there. And you don't have to carry that weight just by yourself. One of the things we did. Uh, jokingly, we we call them our Oprah list, and uh, so you know when Oprah brings her favorite things for the year. Yeah. Um, not that I watch Oprah, I really, I, but I've seen I've seen <laughs> the people screaming okay. and going you crazy. Uh, you, and we've all seen those little highlight reels, and so we just said, "Hey, what what are like your favorite things? Yeah. What are the things that you could push forward to us that would add value to our lives that we wouldn't know about otherwise?" And so people, I mean, people brought things about health. They brought things about um, the way they spent time with God, the way they led their family family um, you know fun you know five dollar date night ideas all these other things and and everybody was just looking forward to the next week uh, because we, we, it was just a couple minutes you know that somebody would share two or three uh, things and send us the uh, the email afterwards and our lives got better because we were in that meeting and that's the kind of meeting you want to go to
0: yeah I almost thinking about like with uh, TV shows that are out there that have segments like maybe a late night talk show or Saturday Night Live or something they have segments. And so some of the things I've seen we've done, we've had success with segments during a meeting that are really just brain breaks. And so it's a, have you seen this type segment? And so we're, everybody's just bringing it up. A gift that they've seen, or a YouTube video, or something like that. And in uh, another segment that we've done is, you'll never believe what happened. And it's just telling some crazy story about something. And so, just those little brain breaks. Yeah. Even do so a thirty lot. minutes in, you're
1: talking about the kingdom of God kind of stuff, and then you you drop. And in then one we of are watching a Will Ferrell clip, and it's just great, <laughs> right?
0: And we're laughing, and yeah. it is it Keep is. But but you know it's building culture and we're laughing and shared
2: experience, right yeah. we've, we've done I mean, podcasts and too, I mean the beauty too is I mean as believers in the, you know in this world, we put people over product, and so there's been times in our meetings that we've been involved in where somebody'll share something, a parenting issue or something going on in, in their marriage, and we'll just break and pray right mm-hmm. and uh, and man, that just that makes me feel loved and cared for and valued beyond whatever my value might be in that meeting. All right, Jeff. So you talked about if people show up late, you don't make up for that. It's just like, hey, you got to be here on time. What about if people need to leave early? What what do you have them do there? You know, I just really ask folks up front a lot of times, even meetings with people I don't know. Hey, does anybody have a hard stop here? So that we know, again, if my role is, part of my role is to manage the clock, I need to know what I'm managing against, you know, with those folks' calendars. That is so
0: helpful. I mean, think about—we've all been to that lunch where we know we needed to be out of there by one fifteen, but we never commute. And at about twelve fifty, we're like, "Oh, I should have told him right when we sat down." Hey, I have a hard stop here. So it's such a practical thing that we can do as leaders. Of just anybody got a hard stop right now? Anybody need to leave early? and just manage that clock accordingly so that's
1: awesome it's really good you know while, while we're on on the topic of the clock uh the idea of time boxing got so simple but it's amazing how long uh, discussions on a topic will run and something magical happens when whoever's leading the meeting says okay we're going to time box this one this is a five minute discussion and uh, it's pretty incredible the amount of good Detailed conversation you can have around that, um, as opposed to just letting it run. And so, don't be afraid, you know, to say this. This could go on forever, but we're going to time box this one. You know, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is, and then we are moving on. And that's just good leadership uh, of meetings. It's good.
2: That's, I mean, you know, one of the constructive critiques I get from my team just about my leadership style is sometimes we can end up circling the drain. That's kind of the language we use, you know, because we'll just take something apart and try to put it back together, and we'll circle and. But ultimately, uh, pushing for clarity
1: and hey, hey, what are the next steps? What are the action items coming out of here? That's good. So, That's so good. Make the decision if it if all the information is in, and it is time. Just call it. Yeah. And and we've all been in that meeting where it shows up on the agenda over and over and over again. And everyone internally is just screaming, please just call it. At this point, I don't even care what the decision is. I just want the decision made. So good leadership is to make that decision. Uh, And then, you know, Jeff, you hinted at this. It's just to start communicating it to everybody uh, that is going to be impacted by this. And so I think a really good rule is if you made a decision in a meeting that's going to impact somebody in a significant way, that's one of your first action items is to go and deliver that information. I think verbally. Uh, You don't want them reading the minutes or a bullet point, we just decided this and it's radically going to impact your future. Uh, You want to make sure they hear it from you, not someone else uh, if you've made that decision. So make the decision um, and then uh, communicate it to everyone who's going to be impacted. You don't want them finding out accidentally.
0: And I think wrestling through those decisions, especially if there's not consensus in the beginning. Like as leaders, we've got to recognize we have a rare moment of gold right now because conflict, where we're all disagreeing but we're all passionate about it, that's what gets people engaged. And so if you, if you go, hey, we got to make a decision, everybody give me your knee-jerk reaction on what you think we should do. If you have three different answers, you are going to have a great meeting. And what we need to do as leaders is not only just get to the point where we're making the decision, but not give up the fight, like stay in that ring a little bit longer. We'll hear JP say that. Just stay in the ring with me just a little bit longer. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We have got to wrestle this to the ground. And, uh, and I know that's my temptation as a a guy that would naturally want to avoid conflict. And I'm a harmonizer when I see that, I'm like, oh, well, let's just talk about this Monday or let's talk about this next week. But no, I have found it when I stay in there and just go, nope, we're going to keep wrestling. We're going to keep wrestling. We're going to figure this out that we finally get there. And it's like, it gets worse before it gets better, but it eventually gets better. And everybody's grateful that I'm so glad we, we stuck with that. We wrestled it to the ground. We have a decision made and now we can move on. It doesn't, it
1: doesn't just linger. It's really good, really good. You know, um, as we transition out, I think maybe one of the best questions just to ask if you're leading a meeting is this, would I want to be in this meeting, right? Uh, I have to be because I've I've called it, but let's be honest, if I wasn't in charge here and I wasn't the one setting the agenda, would I be excited about having uh, this meeting on my calendar? And if not, then just... Begin to do the hard work to make it the meeting that people would want to go to. That they, you know, they're warmly greeted. That there's value added to their life. They're reconnecting to the why. Decisions are being made clearly, um, decisively. Um, You know, all everyone's voice uh, is is being heard. They're fun. Like there's moments of just laughter, and uh, you you don't want to miss that meeting because something hilarious might happen or might be said or someone's gonna you know pull out a two minute game uh, with consequences. It's a big part of our culture here. But make the meeting, call the meeting, run the meeting that you would want to go to. And so, leader, if you're listening to this, I hope I hope you just heard um, that paragraph.
0: So, Jeff, if uh, if leaders out there and they, what are some questions they can ask their team during their next meeting to kind of get a pulse on, how are we doing? How am I doing at this? So what, what are some questions that, that a leader could start asking their team? Maybe at the, at the next time they're all together, start
2: off your meeting with these questions. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I, I think what John just said is so important, which is that everybody feels heard and valued. And so one of the things um, – that I love to do, I think I stole it from JP, was to combat sort of that groupthink. Mm-hmm. And even to go back to your point, which I thought was so good about conflict in a meeting. And so you know, we all know there's different personalities in the room. And so some folks are going to be less inclined to raise their hand and fight for airtime. You know, Other people are going to be filling that time. And so I think one of the things I do is um, when folks are quiet uh, you know, and the dust settles a little bit, I'll go, hey, um, what do you think about what they just said or we'll just have everybody write down their thoughts on a piece of paper right so they're locked down and so they can't be swayed by the stronger personalities in the room and then we have everybody you know read those you know and so that everybody's getting everybody's you know raw unfiltered opinions
1: and then uh, we're getting quality input that's good. that's good yeah i think what you ask what would you do tangibly you're walking into your next meeting and you're not sure how how yeah, I, I would so, think even you could ask
0: like, you know, hey, uh, what do you guys think the purpose of this meeting is? Let's just start there before we even start the agenda.
1: Yeah, that's good. And you know, I think so. Here is what I am going to do in one of my meetings. Uh, I will uh, next time we're together. I am going to say, give this meeting uh, a number grade, one to a hundred. Everybody, lock it in. To Jeff's point, you know, don't don't let them uh, be a victim of group groupthink. Lock it in. And then if you are going to make it, you know, five points higher, what would you do? Mm. And uh, so, where are we? Like, you know that. Let's deal with the facts of what is, not what I think, and then uh, how would we make it better? And uh, we'll begin to kind of uh, chase that down. So that's what I'm going to do this week on uh, one of my meetings. That's great. Yeah, I
2: think one other thing too, because uh, I need this is an area I need to get better is leaving time at the end of the meeting so that we can summarize what's been said and then also appoint people who are responsible for those action items and then uh, you know assign those and then figure out clear next steps coming out of the meeting. And so sometimes I'm. I'm good at remembering to do that. Other times I'm not. And so I'll designate somebody in advance and go, hey, if I don't do this at the end of the meeting, I want you to raise your hand and go, hey, okay, we've got 10 minutes left. Let's summarize what we just heard and then who's responsible and what next steps So are. Jeff,
1: it's probably a good time to start wrapping it up, but anything else you want to share before we uh, before we go? Sure.
2: You know, I'm just sitting here thinking about uh, all the ways that I've learned some of these things through failure, honestly. And so... As we were talking even about pre-work and just doing your work in advance of the meeting to make sure it's a valuable meeting for everybody involved, I was just remembering um, even just my budget meeting last year, and um, I felt like I was prepared, and I went in prepared to answer questions about the future and kind of what we had projected and what we needed, and yet a lot of the questions I got were more centered on what did we do last year? Why didn't we spend what we said we were going to spend, and why did we spend more there? and uh, and it really was just a colossal waste of everybody's time. In fact, we just called a timeout and I just I said let me just apologize to you guys. I've wasted all of your time and it, you know, and especially if you have one of those apps that like, you know, tells you the cost value of yes. the time of the people in the room, it would have been a lot. And I just said, "Hey, would you guys mind if we just press pause and we reschedule
1: this and I come back better prepared next time?" Love it. That is a that's a great story to end yeah. on. Uh, and you Jeff. didn't
2: get fired? I did. Get, you're still not here
1: yet? Yeah. Leading a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, how far you've come. That's right. That's really good. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for your uh, thoughts. Man, thank you know, you guys, uh, it's this is a really important topic. So, if you're a leader in the church, uh, odds are you're leading meetings, and that is where decisions are made. That's where vision is set. That's where uh, strategy and plans are put into motion, and and really, I think a lot of coaching and development of people uh, happens. Which is to say that that's an incredibly important uh, leadership moment every time we have a meeting. And so the stakes are high. It's important that we get it right. And so thanks for helping us kind of clarify and get better um, at, at leading meetings.
0: Well, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you all again next time.